podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. When you think of big families, maybe you think of five kids, six kids, seven kids, maybe 10 kids or 12 kids. Patrick and Carissa Douglas join us today, and they have 14 kids and another eight in heaven. And they share about their marriage, how they met, about how God placed on their heart a desire and a love for big families, about what it's meant to trust in the Lord as their family grew, and about the joy and the challenges that come with life with lots of kids. And we hope it's helpful for you. God bless. Good day, everybody. Welcome to In the Thicket podcast. All these beautiful faces on here today. Um, we're going to introduce ourselves uh the hosts. I am Erin Kinsella, and I'm joined by... I'm Rachel D'Souza. And I'm Nicole Richard-Williams. And we have two other beautiful faces with us today, and they are Carissa and Patrick Douglas. Good morning, Douglas parents good morning. good morning i was gonna say douglas family except for the, <laughs> the minority of your family is currently in the picture right now um yeah so this is we're super excited to have you guys here we're going to talk about big families because you guys have 14 kids um but it is just fun to see you because i haven't seen you guys in a long time in person it's been a long time eh we briefly saw each other in the summer. Uh, we were at mm-hmm. the mass at uh, St. Michael's Cathedral. Yeah. The, uh, the profession of uh, vows for a couple sisters of life. So oh, yeah. we, we brought our children there, um, you know, as, as a bit of a, a witness and inspiration for them to see that. Uh, it was a beautiful mass and, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a holy mass for us, I think. Holy. It was very holy. That's our yeah. code word oh, for awesome. it got a little chaotic with the kids. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. I that's awesome because when you said it's a holy mass, I was like, oh my gosh, like it was transcendent. There was like the, yeah, it, it, it was it wasn't a, a consolation mass, it was yeah. more like mm. we're joining ourselves to the cross kind of mass. Right. <laughs> Excellent. I love that's that nice. that version of a holy mass. I love yeah. it. I love it. That's good. Great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so so Patrick and I used to work together at the Newman Center, which is um the university chaplaincy at the University of Toronto, um, or the Catholic chaplaincy, I should say. And then Nicole also, she lived in the house. You were still there when Patrick, you were there when mm-hmm. Patrick was still there, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Patrick, you interviewed, well, it was a group interview, but you interviewed me for the student chemist minister position. Yes. Oh, yeah. Five years ago or whatever that was. Yeah. yeah. So. It's crazy how fast time flies, eh? And yeah. you were there for a long time, eh, Patrick? How many years? I was there for 17 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is good. And we, so we had like, like maybe once a year or something, um, we got to take the students who lived in the, in the house. So it was a team of between like seven and 10 people or something like that um, to go to Patrick and Chris's house. And with all the kids there, I still remember the one year where they basically reenacted all of Frozen for us. <laughs> my kids? Totally. So awesome. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was so awesome. great. Yeah, it was so great. It's like yeah. organized chaos. We kind of do this like field trip sometimes with uh with at the university. So we're like our our son Liam, he's our, the oldest, and he's almost twenty. And for a field trip for his like um his house um his they they brought a big 
group of of young men to our house and it's kind of like a field oh trip my to gosh. visit a big family <laughs> type of spectacle but it was a really it's been something we've done since we were at Newman Center mm-hmm. uh, we've always like invited them in because we realize how powerful that can be just yeah. to somebody in a in a large family especially if they don't have they've never had any previous exposure to large family life mm-hmm. they probably have some some con- preconceived notions of what that might look like and so it's it's nice to actually show them some of the yeah amidst the chaos yeah yeah that's right yeah exactly and it is fun I would tell like sometimes I'd be talking to my cousins or something like that at at Christmas time or whatever and I'm the only one who's practicing out of all of them really so um so we talk about like talk about work and things like that and so sometimes I would mention oh yeah like I work with a guy named Patrick he and his wife Carissa they have I forget what it was at the time like to eight ten kids eleven kids something like that and they were like what? And it was the same thing at my consecration when there were like, I don't know, 20 priests there or something like that. And they were like, do you know all of those priests? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I remember I've met Patrick. I met you a few times at different, different occasions Mm. at Newman. And I remember I always had this, I was like, He's so level-headed. I was like, how do you, how, I mean, maybe you have to be level-headed because you guys have such a large family, but I don't know. I think that's definitely a grace. I was always like, that is just, cause you know, like sometimes like you're dealing with two or three kids and they're just being kids, which is awesome and so fun, but like, it's hard sometimes to stay level-headed in that context. And if you're way outnumbered in a certain sense, it's like just so cool and just awesome. I just thought like, that's totally, which makes sense. Like God gives you this gift of this large family. He would give you mm-hmm. the graces mm-hmm. to live that out well, you know, but yeah. that well, always is me. thing. <laughs> yeah. Teaching, yeah. I would say in terms of level-headed, Chris is more the level-headed. Than I was going to say, wow. Chris is pretty like very calm like just very you know that's serene awesome. <laughs> that's definitely changed with each kid too because oh. I think when you have your first kid you feel like anything you do is going to lead to like their demise somehow right. <laughs> you know like you're just like oh my goodness I left them crying for 10 minutes they're gonna yeah. be talking to a therapist about this <laughs> right in 20 years about the abandonment you know yeah. you like get so wrapped up and I think by the third one you're like you know what? Okay, I don't fine. think you're going to remember that. I think I'm okay. <laughs> and you just kind of you feel a little bit more calm. You're like, I can handle this. And honestly, like, because we've had so many kids, there's, I think we've handled pretty much everything at this point. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I used to be so disgusted by having to pull something out of the toilet. That sure. But I'm like, yeah, it's far for the course now. <laughs> Removing <laughs> toilets. Removing toilets. Necessary. You know, like <laughs> That's amazing. We've seen it all. You guys have invested that. in toilets now, invested in. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, okay. So before we get, cause we want to hear like about how you guys met and, and how everything kind of started in terms of family life. Um, but I definitely don't want to forget to mention um, your books, Carissa, because they're amazing. And anybody who has kids or has little people in their lives, these are these would be great for. So tell us a little bit about that and about your recent one. So I started writing um, children's books, though, books that probably be good for um, little kids up to probably around eight years old. And I was writing those at the same time that I was noticing the culture change. I was noticing that there was a very strong targeting towards children. Um, I, I sensed that there was a great kind of darkness brewing at that time that was very more pervasive than it ever had been in our youth. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, how do I, 
how do I prepare my kids for this? Because the more we're welcoming kids, the more I realize, I mean, there's the risk of losing them to this culture or, or, you know, seeing something very sad happen, like the rise of depression in young kids. So I thought, Mm -hmm. how do we counter that? My thought was, is that there's more of an onus on parents to have to introduce their um, their children to Christ at a really young age, but like to really de- help them develop a strong relationship, like a strong mm-hmm. friendship, a strong sense of, of his presence so that, that I'm no longer the middleman, that they mm-hmm. have their own anchor that, you know, and, and then I thought if they have that anchor, even if they're out there in the world and I can't be there, they already have their own connection to Christ and they have their hand in his. And so I, I started with a book called I Go to Jesus, which was kind of to teach kids to talk to Christ in the Eucharist mm-hmm. in a really natural way, to tell him about like all the things they were excited about or to tell them about how, you know, so-and-so took their teddy bear and they're kind of annoyed, like just to, <laughs> to come up with that conversation with him in the Eucharist. And, and from that, I developed um, a book on basically theology, the body, introducing mm. those concepts and then forgiveness. And then I went to write another book in that series and it's so crazy. It transformed into a novel, <laughs> like no. literally. Mm. And, um, and then I started, there's a new now junior fiction series that's, um, it's doing really well. And what it, what's really fun about it is it came when my children were becoming preteens and, and young teens and there's such a love for like, you know, Marvel or all these kind of cool things. And I'm like, oh my goodness, the yeah. Catholic church can totally like outdo any of that. Like, you know, I was like, that's you have right. no idea. I mean, we can bilocate some of us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Very few of us, but some of us, you know, can, some of us can levitate. Yeah. 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 So, that's right. So I, um, so that series is really fun because it's basically, um, a lot of the attacks are from like some kind of hidden villain who's prompted mm. by some maybe demonic force that is against the culture of life. And mm. so the children, the group of children, which is, are from a large family, are tasked with a mission and they are assigned a saint to kind of lead them through it. But then that saint can kind of share his gifts or her gifts with them. Mm-hmm. And they are oftentimes able to kind of enter almost into a spiritual dimension where they can mm-hmm. combat the force that's behind kind of the villain attacking them. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's so it's cool. a lot of like cool. that's yeah, cool. armor of yeah. God, like, but you can see and the, the offerings that they do during the day, they get to see the spiritual realities of those. That's so, cool. So the rosary later turns into this amazing chain that they can use to bind you know uh, mm-hmm. a creature sweet that's really cool I that's awesome cool. okay so we will put yeah. a link in the show notes and all that stuff about like where to where to find your books where's the best place for people to buy them like where would you because rec- oh. we can always say amazon but like i don't want to send people to amazon right, if there's right, like right. a good catholic yeah. place to to support well, to yeah. buy them. i think some of them are on amazon but it's um my publisher is scepter publishers okay so, so their website's good and i I, they have a Canadian site as well. So oh, it can be a little bit less costly. Awesome. Um, there's also, uh, there's eBooks too, if you don't want okay. shipping. And so there's lots of availability, but nice. our site, littledouglings.com has links to everything too. Awesome. Littledouglings.com. Okay, good. That's awesome. Okay. That makes me want to read it. Like, like, um, <laughs> I definitely like young adult fiction, like even the Twilight series and stuff. I yeah, love Twilight right. so much. Yeah. So, so I kind of totally grows, read like that. Harry Potter, like it starts a little bit more juvenile and then it goes into more teens. Mm. And teens. So that's nice. Really 
Okay, that's good. I'm excited. I got new reading planned. <laughs> that's amazing. This recent one features St. Teresa of Avila. Yes. Oh. Uh, I brought in the yes. big, big gun. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is good. Okay, so tell us, I would love to hear, because I'm pretty sure I've heard this story before, but I would love to hear um, how you guys met, if you want to share a little bit about how you met and those kind of first few years and when you were married and how, like, did you always have this desire for a big family or was that something that grew over time or how did that kind of develop? Well, we independently came from moderate sized families, I guess, large Catholic families, four and five in terms of uh, children in our, um, our respective families. And um, for my part, I always grew up um, with a lot of extended family around, um, especially around my grandmother's house. And we lived close to her and a lot of aunts and uncles and cousins. So always had that sort of big family sense um, and really enjoyed it. Um, mm. really enjoyed the, the laughter and just the energy and just um, uh, just the gatherings, the food and all of that. Mm. But it wasn't, it wasn't until I was about 12 that it was solidified for me when we went on a family trip to Ireland to uh, visit some of my dad's relatives. And uh, his cousin had 14 children mm. at the time. Um, nice. And we... And we, we traveled around, you know, it was nice, you know, for, for um, a number of young kids uh, traveling around, but we felt most at home at their place. Um, mm. They just sort of absorbed us, you know, and they had children around their age, like three or four of them that sort of just took us in. It's like, Hey, let's go out to the swing. Hey, let me like, you know, uh, you know, the seesaw here. They just like totally like absorbed us. And it was so, so amazing. That sense of hospitality and mm. sense of joy. And my sort of, I guess my parents were just freed up a little bit to like just yeah. with the adults and you know we were just playing but it always stuck with me and uh, I always respected um, my cousins and that family um, but mm. it just sort of rested with me I never imagined it would be possible where I lived and whether I would find <laughs> who would want that yeah. many children but yeah. uh, I just had the sense that that would that would be a really amazing uh, experience to have yeah mm -hmm. um, and in terms of how we met um, we kind of consider ourselves a JP2 couple because um, we met at the retreat one year before World Youth Day came to Toronto. Mm -hmm. So they had called a lot of representatives to come from each parish mm -hmm. um, and they had these retreats that they put on for them so they could connect and, you know, prep for that big event. And so we met each other and we, um, Patrick was with Newman Center at the time and I was representing my parish in um, the Georgina area. And uh, it was funny because we didn't really talk a lot, but there was some strange things. I was writing in a prayer journal at the time. And for some reason, I just wrote, you know, thank you for, for allowing me to meet Patrick. And I'm like, and then I wrote, what are you starting here? And it was uh, a really strange thing because it, I mean, our, our encounter was like really small. I think we were about to go out of a pew in the, in the church, the little chapel there. And uh, there was a girl beside me. And, and so Patrick should have gone first his pew should have emptied out first but he was kind of being a gentleman so he turned behind and was like yo you guys go first and mm. and the girl with me was like oh you've got a rugby shirt on do you play rugby and, <laughs> and he's like no and then he turned to me and went what's your name or where are you from <laughs> so I was like oh hey oh and then I couldn't remember where I was from so I had to like look at my name tag for a second <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I love that. So it, was, it was really good but really I think where God was just like this is it was um was a few months later when um we were starting we, we finally got a new 
um, church built. We were in a gymnasium. We were one of those parishes. And mm. so we invited a lot of our connections from that retreat to come. And so Patrick came. And afterwards, after the mass, we were going to have we live by the lake. So we're kind of lake people. So we were like, we're going to do a bonfire, bring tents. You can, you know, camp out. And then we're going to go to the lake for like midnight swim. It's going to be awesome. And nice. so uh, my, my little brother at the time, I think he was like, let's see, 14. Yeah. I think he was 14 years old. And so I, I drove home with him just to grab my swimsuit and get changed and stuff. And as I was there, he's just like, you know, that guy that I think you like, he's like, you're never going to get with him because <laughs> you don't talk, you don't say anything. And I'm like, I talk, I just wait for him to like, you know, engage. <laughs> I'm an introvert. So it's, it's, right. it's interesting. So he's like, yeah, but you're never going to get with him because you're not putting yourself out there. And I'm like, Hey, Whoa. if God wants me to be with this person, he's going to make a way. I was like, I'm, I'm going to put it in his hands. I'm, I'm available. I'm ready, but I'm, I'm going to leave it to him. And mm. so he's like, oh, then you're never going to get with him. I'm like, oh, you <laughs> little faith. Wow. <laughs> so then we, um, so we drove to the lake and, and then Patrick was there with the other people and not a lot of people actually wanted to go swimming surprisingly, but Patrick went in and mm. um, myself and my brother went in and then the girl, the same girl who asked about the rugby shirt went in as well. <laughs> That's awesome. So I'm like, oh man. And she was good. She like, you know, was able to talk to him really easily. And I was kind of like swimming off to the side and my brother was kind of going, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, like, man, your brother is so vicious. Oh, <laughs> so, um, then I remember kind of just praying in that moment, and I, you know, it's just like, Lord, if you if you want me to be with him, then just just make a way. And then all of a sudden, the rugby shirt girl cries out in pain because she has a cramp, and she's like, Oh no! She's like, oh, I'm going to go back to shore, and so she swims back to the shore. And my brother was just like, his eyes just started bugging out, and he's like. I'm going to go check on her. (laughs) So suddenly it's like Patrick and me in the middle of this perfectly like still and shiny lake with stars all over the place. And I'm like, wow, God, you are good. That's (laughs) hilarious. So so it was good. And honestly, like those, those um, just clarity signs were there all the time because I, I kept praying like, Lord, just be very clear with me because I'm not very smart. I don't pick up on things. And I pray the I same. Like, I'm like, hit me <laughs> over the head. Like, just do it over and over again. Just like, bam, it's him. Bam. Mm-hmm. Like, let me know. And, and he was really faithful to that. Mm-hmm. In fact, um, I was actually when, in terms of our engagement, I was um, backpacking for about five weeks. It had already been planned. So I, before I met Patrick, I went off with my best friend. So this was about like two and a half months or three and a half, three months into our dating that I kind of left for five weeks. Mm. And when we were in Italy, in Florence, my best friend pulled me into like a little just a little kind of um, store on one of those bridges. And she's like, come look at engagement rings. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Oh no, come on, come on. Just show me the one you would pick. And then, so, so we were looking at rings and she found this one that was almost like something I'd never seen before. It was like a propeller shape. Mm. kind of ring so just not your typical and it had a the the diamond was kind of inlaid like it was set back and I was like well that'd be good for kids so that you don't scrape them up and she's mm. like I'm like that's a really nice ring so I was like well, let's get out of here this is too much this is like kind of scaring me so when we got back from um uh from our big trip Patrick um picked me up and the next day I think it was either the next day or the day after he proposed. And wow. 
it was beautiful. Like the words that he said are, are just incredible to me because he said, I think he was hugging me at the time really tightly. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I love you, but, and I'm like, what do you mean? But like, why is there a, but after that, <laughs> he said, I love you, but I'll never be able to love you as much as Christ love you, loves you. Mm-hmm. But I would That's... like to spend the rest of my life trying. Will you? Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, yes, but then he pulls out the ring and it is exactly the same ring that I had seen when I was in Florence. And so I said, yes, but then my next words were, did you talk to my best friend? And he's like, what? No, no. I Seriously. I, th- I was like, oh, she picked it up. Yeah, that's had- right. Yeah. So probably around the same time I was looking, he was that's crazy. all on his own. So they, it was that's another, cool. it was just another clarity totally. on the head that I needed. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is my will for you guys. That's wow. awesome. Yeah. I was affirmed by all of these signs throughout that whole process from, from meeting Carissa uh, to, you know, having a very deep conversation in the lake that night uh, about our families and our futures. Mm-hmm. And uh, before that, you know, if, you know, discerning a relationship or lack of discernment of relationship, you know, I would always wait for like a sure sign. I'd kind of be, you know, reluctant or whatnot, but I felt very uh, confident and emboldened to mm-hmm. approach and to pursue Carissa in such a mm-hmm. way that it was not in my nature or I didn't feel it was in my nature at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I, I was kind of surprised by that, but how easy it was uh, when we, you know, started dating, like it almost felt like I was coming home. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was someone, you know, that God has prepared for me. Yeah. We really had this like vulnerability to each other right from the beginning. Like when I went on a date with him, I'm like, by the way, this is my first date. So if I do anything wrong, just go ahead, correct me. I'm <laughs> like, cause you know, <laughs> It did. It had that comfort, you know, as mm. a couple would have having been together for many years. So it was yeah. really beautiful. Yeah. So all these signs like going to the, the jewelry store and no one knowing and thinking this is really interesting. This is a different kind of a ring or just uh, some of these other little signs or things that people would say. It was, uh, it was, it was quite That's amazing. beautiful. Yeah. It also strikes me too, like, I'm just thinking in the context of families, because I mean, now this is like a bunch of years later, you've had a, you know, a baseball team worth of kids and, like, um, and, but it's like, but it's founded on, um, on a really strong relationship with each other, you know, like the, that, cause sometimes I think when we talk about, you know, having lots of kids or, or things like that, um, that sometimes the, the, like I've heard some couple, I can't say, cause I'm not married. I am in fact married to Jesus. I will not have my own children, but I've heard some couples talk about the process of having to, having to kind of recover that relationship because they put more of their energy, like they gave themselves entirely to their kids and forgot to give themselves to each other as the root of their ability to, you know, to love kids and to be in that sacrament and and to be receiving that grace. So it really, like, it strikes me that that's for you guys, like the strength of your relationship and the founding of that. I'm wondering if, like, how has that looked like as you've, you know, gone from zero kids up to, up to 14 kids, like what, what has that looked like your relationship with each other? Well, we've been really intentional about fostering a relationship because I think we understood early on that the best gift we could give to our children is to be madly in love with each other. And mm-hmm. I thought if, we're, if we are, then, then that will, that will flow through to them. And, and it really, it will give them that sense of, of stability that they mm-hmm. can, they can trust that we'll, 
we're always going to be there. We're always going to be together. Mm. And, and that's a really huge gift, especially in this day and age. And I, I think too, that there's been times that there are going to be times in a relationship where you almost have to start to focus on one child in particular. Um, but even in those instances, like God, I think provides that opportunity for, for couples to intentionally reconnect. Um, an example is when we were, when we were first married. So we had, we had our kids like right away. I think mm-hmm. we were, when we ended up going to world youth day, which was a year after the, um, where we had met that first, that first retreat, mm-hmm. we were already married and expecting our first child. We had gotten a dispensation to get married in six months. So, so he proposed about three and a half months after we started dating, we were married mm-hmm. six months later and and then we were expecting our first baby. At mm-hmm. day. So that trend continued and we had a baby um, every year really for, for quite a few years. So um, early on though, um, we had a three-year-old, a two-year-old and a one-year-old. And I was pregnant with the fourth. Hmm. And I remember um, I was changing uh, Christian, our second baby's diaper, and I came across uh, blood. And I thought, this is this not good. And then, so I checked for any scrapes or possible rashing, or rashes or things, and there was nothing there. So I thought, well, this has come internally. This is from hmm. something internal. And I thought I should probably take him to emerge. He was also developing a fever. So I thought, well, hmm. we should check this out. So when we a trip to the emergency and an ultrasound later, we discovered he had a tumor hmm. on his kidney. And so I remember just kind of looking stunned at this. I'm like, he's two years old. He has cancer. Like this is, this is crazy. And I think the doctor told me right away, he's like, yeah, this is um, by the looks of it and the nature of this, this, this tumor, it's, it's definitely um, cancer. Mm -hmm. And he's like, so I remember um, calling Patrick and, and telling him to meet me there and, and just kind of saying to him like you know this is this is actually quite serious um this is like a large tumor that they'll have to take out and his kidney possibly I'm like um we could lose him and Mm. and I remember him saying like but he was never ours to begin with you know and and it was a kind of moment that was just just set the stage for for what would have to be ahead in terms of the trials that kind of are joined to that but what was really strange is in that moment I think both Patrick and I kind of felt it there was this strange um joy that overcame us um and the only way I can explain it is like at least for my part inside I was thinking like this is horrible like I can't believe this we're gonna have to carry this cross like this is huge and we have I have another baby like two other babies at home and I'm pregnant like I, I don't I don't know how we can do this and then all of a sudden I was like wow like God must really really want something special for our marriage and for our family that he would allow us to carry this cross this early on in our marriage that he mm-hmm. that he's willing to ha- to have us go through that together and there was this kind of almost strange gratitude like mm-hmm. that he would trust us with this that he would and then also that that he gave us that ability to to surrender that to him and to know that he was the one who was going to be carrying us and and it was very hard because I had to spend a lot of time at the hospital so we were separated I was separated from my from my other children and they're so little they're like Mm. a three-year-old and one-year-old so they don't understand and and then um it was hard for us to even like just be able to coordinate that, that the two of us would be able to spend time together and talk, but we felt united. I think knowing that we were carrying this cross together, even though we had to be kind of separated at the time, except for, you know, brief exchanges where he'd be able to come in. 
And um, I remember at one point um, he called me and said that our one-year-old was like so sick and she was lethargic. She wasn't eating or drinking. She was like almost mm. like a rag doll in his arms. And he's like, I, I have to bring her in. And I'm like, I can't be there. And I'm like, cause I was stuck in the hospital, you know, knowing that yeah. my son was about to have surgery and I'm, I just felt helpless. And I'm like, so I'm like, bring her here, bring her here. So I can at least meet her and emerge. You can go up with Christian and let me, let me just at least be with her. So, um, he came and, and I had, um, the baby and brought her in and, and I was sitting there quite calm. Like it was kind of strange. Like it was very hard knowing she was sick and that, but then I, I was, I, I had this sense of peace. And then all of a sudden everything started to hit me, like everything. So this moment of, oh my gosh, like she's, she, I haven't been there for her. This, And so mm. they started asking me questions like, when was the last time she ate? When was the last time she drank? Mm. And I'm like, I don't know. And I'm like, I've been upstairs with my two-year-old who has to have surgery and they're waiting for him to get over an infection. And I, I don't know. And I'm pregnant. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> And I was like, and my three-year-old is not doing well. And he thinks I've left him and, and he keeps Mm -hmm. asking for me. And I'm like, I, so I don't know. I just don't know. And then I, I started like kind of crying and I'd been so strong the whole time, like in in the sense that I I was able to have that peace. But Mm -hmm. then, um, it was so crazy because in that moment when I felt like the world is just like dropping out from under my feet and I'm a failure. And then all of a sudden I was lifted up. And mm-hmm. I, I can't, ex, I can't explain it. It's just that I felt like, like someone just kind of picked me up and held mm-hmm. me. And the words that I heard in my mind just pressed almost into my heart were, this is how it would be if I were not carrying you. Mm-hmm. And um, in that moment, I just, again, that resounding joy, like, yes, like this, he's, he's carrying us. We can do this. We can, we can actually get through this and, and, and we're fine. We'll grow stronger from it. Like it was, it was mm-hmm. a really beautiful, beautiful moment. Yeah, that's wow. beautiful. That's it was so an opportunity incredible. for us to also uh, discover new ways for us to prioritize our relationship as that's well right. as a yeah. married couple, like mm. through all of those challenges and the v- visits and appointments and that sort of thing, and just our busy lives uh, to prioritize time for each other all throughout uh, the years of our marriage. So you know, as as much as you know, uh, we would do regular date nights, um, mm. just uh, you know, pick up take up for one another, uh, just mm. the little things that we can do mm. uh, every day, but. I, I sort of really believe it's, um, you know, we love God first and then I love my wife second and then my, mm. my children. It's not that I love them less, but there's an order to yeah. things. And yeah. I think that there's a, there's a, a God's order in that. That's right. And it's almost like the love that we have each other flows into the love that we have for our children. So yeah. the more we foster that, the more fervent it is for our children, mm-hmm. which is incredible. But it's, it's kind of amazing too, because uh, I, I realize more and more, like every time we've said yes to the possibility of welcoming another child, we've, we've recognized that that means not only a yes to life, but a yes to potential loss, mm. and a, a yes to possibly grief, a yes to no more sleep for a long time, or there's yeah. such a broad yes that, that we've been given. And, and we have lost babies along the way too. We, we actually have in total, I had 22 children. I have wow. 14 yeah. on earth and eight in heaven. And, and I'm so mm. grateful for those little ones too. Cause I keep telling Patrick, I'm like, I can't leave this world with my large family without knowing that there's another large family waiting for me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, oh my it, gosh. It's, 
of course I can, but it has made heaven that much more appealing to me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and the, just the power of the intercession of those little ones in heaven yes. with the Lord for your yes. family, like yeah. that's very real. And our children, like we, they actually pray um, to their siblings in heaven. Like we named them all. And so at the end of their night prayers, they say, St. Judah, Mary, Francis, Joseph, Gwen Maria, Makaya Angel, they go through the list and they say, pray mm. for us at the end. So it's our, we really see them as our powerful intercessors. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Mm. Man, that's such a crazy, I'm just thinking about that story of in the hospital and like, that's so real. Like the grace of God is like God's presence with you is real. It's not, you're not, he's not just, I mean, your relationship with him. And I think that's what's so, that's what's kind of hitting me as I'm hearing your story that it, it, I mean, it has to be for you to live the vocation that he's called you to, you know, there's no way that it's like you, you can, you can never forget that. Like you can never, like he's, he's constantly with you. And that's, that's so powerful because you're, because that witness isn't just there for your family, then it's there for us now listening on the podcast. It's there for your extended family, your friends, like just the presence of the Lord that you carry with you that enables you to, to live out your vocation in this way is like, it's so evangelistic, you know, it's such a witness because like, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just, just occurring to me, like your family itself, obviously like this big, beautiful family, that's in itself sort of an impact and, and a witness just sort of to look at, to, to, to encounter. But I think it, it's even that much more powerful because that witness is, is so deep like that, the, the relationship that you guys have with God is so rooted and so deep and so much at the center of everything that you are, that it's not, it's, it's a true witness, you know, it's a real, like that you can sort of test the truth of it in sort of the encounter that people have with you guys just experiencing like, wow, yeah, Jesus is real and he's really here at the heart of everything. And, you know, yeah. And, 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 and that's how you're doing what you're doing. And I had this totally superficial thought, but I was like, you guys also both look very young, which I think like, so I, honestly, I sometimes think like I spent a week at Madonna house, shout out Madonna house. I love that place, but I spent a week there and everybody there looks sort of like ageless. Like you can't, like, even if they have gray hair, you honestly can't tell, like they could be 50 or they could be right. 80, like you, but you don't know, like they just kind of look ageless. That's the best mm-hmm. way they can describe it. And I really think that sometimes when you're walking really closely with the Holy Spirit, he sort of just, it's sort of a thing that can happen. And I think like, even that is like, you know, there's, so there's like visible, but also the visible witness that you guys have in all of these kind of material ways is really, it's so true because of the deep reality of your, of your yeah. life with God, that's just always yeah. there, you know? And it sounds to me like it is always there. And that's, awesome. And it's not just like, yeah, it's not like, okay, you have 14 kids and life has been great. There's never been any problems. There's, but there's been like real, there's real joy that coexists in both of you and in in your marriage and in your family, even with all of those things. Like it's a big deal having like, I mean, miscarriage even, you know, like going through miscarriage, um, and having that many children, like having eight children in heaven, like that's a big, thing you know and going through that with your kids when when they're that young and then even the like I would maybe like to hear about um even just about that like when you're sitting with you know four or five kids or something like that um what it what it was like for you guys to be 
open to life? Like, did you struggle with that at times thinking that you might not be able to do it? Or was it something that you had an assurance from the Lord that you would be able to do it because of that experience, you know, with Christian and, and all of those things or, or um, what was that like? I, I think God implanted in us um, this sense of trust and this radical, strangely radical openness to life. So mm. uh, when we were dating on our third date, I think it was, you know, we got into more deep conversations about the future. Mm. And I just posed that question. And I said, Krista, how many, how many children do you see yourself having? And it's funny because um, up to then, I everyone who knew me before that knew I always wanted like a dozen kids. But then I had this moment like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, maybe, it's possible. Maybe, maybe this person might not want 12 kids. Mm. And it, I just, I realized, wait a second. Like I, I've never worried about that before. I never thought of it before. I just thought that I would be brought to the right person. And so, yeah, I did have this moment of like, wow, what if I say 12 and he runs away, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, um, so I, I think I, I said, I said, I had two answers to that question. Mm. And I said, the first answer is however many kids God wants to give me. And he was like, oh, and he hugged me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. okay, this is a good sign. He's, and I said, how many do you really then, want? Yeah, yeah. Squeezing me and squeezing me. And I'm like, the other answer is 12. <laughs> and then he hugged me tighter. So that Aww. was good. A good sign. Yeah, that's a good sign. No well, running we were, away. <laughs> we were equally yoked, I felt. And yeah. always with the recognition that, you know, uh, children are a gift and will gladly accept any number of children that God would, would, um, send our way. Um, but I mean, I think it just wor works with our personalities as well. And I think God knows that in, in calling us into this vocation to be open to having a large family, I think it's, it's something very specific. It's not something that everyone is right. called to, right, yeah. um, but for myself, like I, I feel that, uh, you know, I, I've always had this desire to, and I enjoy that I get something out of it, like hosting big gatherings, mm -hmm. you know, attending to people's needs, you know, finding places for people to sleep, um, mm. you, know, uh, you know, that sort of a thing. And so that, I don't know, I just um, resonated with me. That's something that maybe, you know, I, I can lend those gifts to, to being a father of a large family. Yeah. It's um, funny. We used to, we always watch Muppet Family Christmas. That's kind of one nice. of the And, and the part that kind of makes me laugh is when they're like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so sleeping in the bathtub and we can hang some <laughs> And they're like, well, there's always room for more. And then it's just like, that's Patrick. That's <laughs> awesome. Kids all have beds. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one's sleeping in the bathtub. Okay, cool. That's right. <laughs> oh do, yeah. Yeah. I do think that really trust is the underlying, I guess, our driving force mm. in terms of our, our relationship with each other and relationship with God. We've just always had this sense that, you know, if God wants to send us another child, he will, he'll be our source of provision. He'll take care of it. He'll send mm -hmm. the right person, the right, you know, the family dynamic um, won't be complete without that child that he mm -hmm. wants to send to us. And with each child, that dynamic is changing and always for the better, really. Mm -hmm. um, but it also means sometimes that we have to, we hear him saying no. And that happened, mm -hmm. I remember when I had miscarried twice in a row and um, I was speaking with um, some of the NAPRO doctors and they were saying, you know, you might need to wait, mm -hmm. you need to give a little time for your body to kind of re recalibrate. And so, so his answer to us, he that was, you know, a no from him at that point. Mm -hmm point and we're like we have to be open to kind of mm -hmm. his no his yes here's mm -hmm. the child or his no like not right now not a good time and so I remember we um we you know avoided pregnancy for um 
probably quite a few cycles before we were able to be open again. Mm-hmm. So like there's, there's all kinds of considerations. And I, I do know that like, I, I never, I'm not one of those people that says just have all the babies all the time. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Look at, like at your, you know, mentally, where are you at? Like, is yeah. this, are you really just surviving and you're finding it very hard to cope then listen to your body listen to Mm -hmm. to what's happening because that sometimes is god's way of saying yeah okay slow down like you know it's okay yeah 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 that's really important yeah so true yeah because there are people who i mean it's so clear and so beautiful as you're kind of describing how god has led you both like together and this this sort of vocation and and kind of the mission of your marriage and just all the beautiful things, but it is, it was like something that God put those desires in your heart and has been discerned and it has been, you know, and I think sometimes Mm -hmm. for young Catholics who are thinking of marriage or it, they can be kind of, um, cut and paste ideas or ideals Mm -hmm. of like, Oh, this is what it means to be a good Catholic family is, you know, to have a lot of children or to get married at this time, or, you know, just kind of put, sort of like template mentality or something yeah, exactly like, you, know, you yeah. can cut copy and paste someone else's discernment into your own life right somehow. exactly um yeah which what you're saying is so important in that regard it's like yeah no there's god is speaking to and god has been speaking to you guys in so many of the ways that you've shared already and that's i mean that's why i think like this is such a cool your life is such a cool encounter for people or witness for people because yeah it's not it's not this sort of template kind of mentality it was really this this journey that you both are on and have been on with God since before you met each other and then with each other you know and with all your children so Mm -hmm. and you can't really you can't really you can't not have that you can't you can't have you know a family without sort of that that relationship, like you said, and even the books that you're writing, you're trying to encourage children to have that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. It's sort of, yeah, it has guided you so, so specifically in a way, mm-hmm. you know, in your lives. Yeah. And we yeah. kind of, we recognize like our, or even our mission with our kids, like is to get them to heaven. But, but I'm also seeing like, you know, God has a story for them and that might mm-hmm. mean, you know, he has their, the way in which he wants them to set the world on fire. And so we've been realizing how how important it is for us to kind of make sure that we're growing in holiness ourselves like that we're really living that that there's no separation between what they see in the home and and you know what i seem to profess in terms of right know, faith or stuff like they just have to see that that seamlessly completely um saturated mm-hmm. in, in every act and in my words and the way i am so it's it's hard that way too because mm-hmm. yeah. i have a lot of accountability partners like, <laughs> awesome them, really <laughs> yeah 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 but it's but it's true like and i i realize that the more i fall in love with Christ, the more likely I'm, I'm able to fulfill that mission of, of my children falling. Totally. Yeah. I'm wondering if like, um, if there are people who, um, are maybe at the beginning of their, they're either younger and maybe they have a couple of kids or, um, or they're not married yet. And they're thinking about family or discerning these things. I'm wondering if you could, um, share a couple of the things that have been like surprising joys and surprising crosses or challenges that have come with with having a big family it's um there's definitely been challenges um and the challenges that are you know having to do with my own growth as mm-hmm. as as a husband and as a father and learning and going to confession and trying <laughs> trying to be better um but i'm i'm also i feel transformed by more of a sense of joy uh, in all of those things. And so I think uh, in addition to what Krista was saying about trust, trust in God, 
um, just because of where I've come from and just so grateful for, um, you know, God penetrating my life in a special way um, that I just feel gratitude, mm. gratitude for the path that he's, he's very clearly led me on. So like whenever these, op- these challenges or struggles, you know, the situation with health or, um, you know, um, just, uh, you know, many things that are happening. I think one of the the big challenges for our family is, is time and sort of allocating our time and yeah. making sure yeah. our children have enough time and many other commitments. Um, and, and they're all good, but I think that's just, you know, that's a day-to-day regular challenge. Um, but I think just, uh, just thinking about and, and having that sense of gratitude, um, throughout it all, like just makes any of those challenges, uh, so much more, uh, uh surmountable. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, I don't know, I, I may have more of a positive attitude. I'm, some people might accuse <laughs> me of being awesome. a bit more naively optimistic, but I can't help it because I know, I know what our destiny is. I, I know, you know, the, we're, who has the victory mm-hmm. and I know where we're going. So as long as I can keep on yeah. that path. Yeah. Yeah. I think I also, I've been surprised by joy in my failure. And I know that sounds mm-hmm. odd or how to explain that. Um, like, here's an example. I remember I, I had twins and, um, and I remember one night I was like nursing them. So, uh, so I had the bassinet like that was tethered to the bed. So like right up, but it kind of was dropped down about s- probably six inches from our mattress height. And so I'm sitting right beside, it. I pulled out one twin and kind of started nursing her and I fell asleep. And so this baby just like rolled down. She rolled down into the bassinet on top of brother, right? And so so she's crying and then all of a sudden he's crying and then like, I'm crying. And I'm just like, oh, oh my gosh. goodness, this is crazy. Yeah. And then I kind of picked her up and her eyes were like, Ugh. and then I started laughing because her expression was just so perfect. And, and I thought, I, maybe this is it. Maybe, maybe what he's given us or what kind of helps us continue is that there are these really moments like where you kind of feel like the worst person in the world. Um, mm-hmm. but that he kind of brings you joy even in that, or he somehow mm-hmm. kind of tells you it's okay. And mm-hmm. sometimes even her expression somehow said, it's okay. I still love you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that's, that's it. There's so many trials. There's so many times where you feel like you're completely failing at it but he he mm. offers these little moments of like he just even those smiles or those crazy things that they they yeah. can say to you that crack you up and and make yeah. you feel like okay I, I can do this you yeah know, even yeah. though I feel like the laundry pile is like a mountain right now and <laughs> mm-hmm. there's this to do and this person's crying because you know I don't know somebody insulted her teddy bear you know right yeah <laughs> somehow he he provides that joy amidst that those struggles mm. and I think that's been surprising is how often he offers those little consolations I think to families you know mm-hmm. to this that they have these moments of feeling horrible and he just manages to send the right little toddler you know to I don't know to sneeze on their hand right yeah <laughs> it's okay so that makes things better <laughs> I was wondering, actually, as you guys are talking about, you know, yeah, kind of just like the, the, the truth of like chaos and, and family mayhem that is honestly, everybody experiences in their families, but is, is also definitely apparent if you have so many kids, you know, but then I thought, have you guys ever sort of experienced like a feeling of how do we give, so you were saying Patrick about time and that, that was actually a question that I've always thought of is like, how do you kind of know and is it the Lord just does he lead you sort of instinctually to know like okay this child needs more attention right now because yeah I mean you you know you can't you can't be all the time there for all of your kids even if you had 
two kids or three kids, like, you know what I mean? In, in a certain sense, but definitely if you have many kids. So yeah, just wondering about your experiences of that, of like awareness of how to be there for your children individually and knowing sort of when they need you, that kind of thing. I think what's amazing is God's kind of shown himself to be the divine orchestrator. Mm-hmm. So he kind of has a sense of which, which child needs more attention. And I mean, this is, this is again, that, that element of trust that we have in embarking on this vocation that um, we pray and ask the Holy Spirit to guide us and, and let us know mm-hmm. if somebody's, you know, struggling um, mm-hmm. and, and that uh, like always happens. It really does. Where mm-hmm. and, and sometimes too, that we we're able to trust the Holy Spirit to even inspire some of our other children to connect with that person, especially, and I think that's the gift too of, of siblings. Like um, it multiplies our time. It, it it really Mm, helps out a lot because sometimes like Mm -hmm. um, sometimes they end up being the mediator between a a child that's really struggling that doesn't want to approach us. And that could happen in a small family or a large family. And then we've got this little person that just kind of somehow senses their need and is able to come to us and say, I think she's feeling like this. And (laughs) it gives us a sense so that we can, we can attend to that. So we rely, we rely completely on the Holy Spirit to, to kind of tell us who needs some attention, but also, you know, just on, on his ability to speak through our other children. There was one time where, um, we were having a conversation downstairs and I didn't realize that one of my teenage daughters was like, totally like she read it kind of the wrong way and, but it was really hurting her and she went to bed. And I guess like with her other teenage sisters, they must have had like a crying session. (laughs) And then, so one of them just kind of came downstairs and said, I think you need to talk to, to her. I think Mm -hmm. she needs your time. I don't think you should let her go to sleep feeling this way. And she just needs affirmation from you. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. bring her down. down." (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's an amazing thing how God really tends to these, these larger families, because he probably knows that it's uh, by ourselves. We wouldn't be able to rise to that. Yeah. There's so much reliance on him. I I think coming from a, I guess, medium-sized family, I'm from almost a five. And I, as you're saying this, I'm like, oh, absolutely. I can think of multiple times where, yeah, different, like I, I perceive something in the younger siblings that my parents weren't noticing and was able to kind of bring that to their attention that, that ended up changing a major course for, you know, or, or vice versa or all these different things. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's so beautiful how that works out, or even just as I've gotten older now. So the youngest is now 23 in my family, um, and the friendship and support that we're able to offer each other, each other, like the four, so there's four girls and one boy, and we all call each other probably once or twice a week. Um, and we're always offering support to each other and always, it's like everyone, you know, I, I used to change my younger sister's diapers and now she's like one of my close friends and confidants, you know, like <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it, the relationship changes and it becomes such a gift. So yeah, um, yeah, no, that is, I, and it's I so resonate beautiful. with what you're saying a lot. Yeah. yeah, same. I have, I come from a, a, in this crowd, a small family of <laughs> three <laughs> children. Um, and, but I agreed like the same experience. And I think it also is very valuable. So I'm also an oldest and I think it's very, a very valuable experience because you sort of grew up knowing like, oh yeah, I can, I sort of can know people really deeply and sort of have mm-hmm. the ability to sort of be there for people in a really beautiful and transformative way can I can like and and that helps you be a better friend and it helps mm-hmm. you be it just kind of improves you as a person in so many different ways so yeah mm-hmm. that's 
That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah. So we, uh, of our children, we have 10 daughters and four boys, oh, wow. right? So the yeah. dynamic is really interesting, but um, that's another surprising, joyful thing because like, mm-hmm. it feels like I'm in one of my favorite novels, like Little Women, because yeah. they're all creative and, and I love, I love when they get emotional or they, you know, when they are like, um, just kind of even rough playing sometimes like as girls yeah. can like in a but in yeah. a really mm-hmm. fun and, and very endearing way where you can tell they mm-hmm. just love each other so much yeah. and my thought is like this is this is incredible that even if something were to happen to Patrick and I I know that they will be totally surrounded and supported and mm-hmm. have no mm-hmm. worries about that which is is a really beautiful gift I think that's beautiful. I'm going to tell my parents to have more kids, I think. <laughs> They're going to have to adopt, but that's okay. Because it's just me and my sister, the smallest. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Honestly, I feel like we could talk to you for hours and hours and hours because there's just so much, um, so much like beauty and goodness there. But um, but thank you guys for for sharing that. I feel like it's going to be really helpful for for people who, especially if they might be in the in the thick of things or they're like really looking for, if they're in a place where where the Lord is teaching them how to trust more, how to rely on Him more. I feel like it's going to be really helpful for them to. Um, and you have a God wink this week, Carissa. Right? I'm excited for this. <laughs> so. Um... In the morning, as you can imagine, I tend to have a lot of little visitors, um, especially because our oldest is 20, our youngest is two, right? So we've got this huge spectrum of little kids that will come in. And sometimes I try to pretend I'm still asleep, <laughs> depending <laughs> depending on how tired I am. But um, one morning, my, uh, my six-year-old, her name is Callie, came in with her four-year-old sister, Lucy. And so Lucy was trying to get my attention. She's shaking me and she's like, look, and she's showing me or trying to show me her little finger that was really sore. And so I thought, it's okay. Don't worry about it. And then all of a sudden Callie stepped in with her six-year-old kind of wisdom. She's like, it's okay, Lucy, Jesus will heal you. And I thought in that moment, wow. I am an amazing mother, (laughs) clearly. (laughs) And then she kind of adds on with magic. (laughs) Oh no. And then she continues and she says, but only if you're on the nice list, <laughs> on the naughty list, forget it. <laughs> so that straight up and I'm like, no, that is Santa Claus. That is not Jesus. No, he does miracles, not magic. <laughs> yeah. oh uh, yeah. So funny though. <laughs> Little kid understandings of things yeah. are the absolute best. Yeah. <laughs> great. That's awesome. <laughs> That's oh like goodness. a humble parent moment, but then also yeah. like a God being like, you just, yeah, yeah, you it's just fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. I try to capture it on my phone. Like anytime someone says something like that, I'm like, okay, I gotta write this down. I gotta type this in just to try to remember it. It's in my new. I'm writing a new novel, and that is actually one of the scenes. I thought. Oh, yes. That's so great. <laughs> okay, that's great. That's great. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you guys again so 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 much for joining us today. Um, yeah, we really appreciate it. And we will be praying for you guys and also for anybody, anybody out there who has a bigger family or who is struggling around that or wants to have a family and it's challenging because of reasons of infertility, or if you had just any, anything around families, Mm -hmm. we'll be praying for you guys in a really special way this week. Um, and Carissa and Patrick can ask their kids to all pray for you this Mm -hmm. week too. So that's amazing. So thank you guys for joining us and we're looking forward to being with all of you next week. 
God bless Bye, you. Guys. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.